Training, mindset, integrity, incremental improvement. What can you do better today? Start right here with the Pendola Project. Hello, Pendola people. I hope everyone is having a wonderful time with their families this season. If you can be around your families, and even if you can't, I know that we appreciate our families that much more. This time of the year, I think that we have an opportunity to see what it is that we can do, what we have done, what we can do better, and just really controlling what we can control and get excited about what's coming in 2021. And I think it's all really rooted around family and around our culture. And this type of environment is what helps us thrive to be our best. As you know, I interviewed Gwen Jorgensen, How the Best Invest. Now, of course, being her strength coach now, I am biased towards her being one of the greatest of all time in triathlon. And I think that being an Olympic champion, it's so obvious that this person knows how to be successful. But what's really interesting is the story behind it that allowed this person to thrive. And it was, you guessed it, family. Her culture through her family, that village, to get that type of success, it didn't come alone. And Gwen would be the first person to tell you that. So I decided why not interview her mom and sister. And her mom, Nancy, was a teacher, her sister, Elizabeth, a teacher, who decided to write this book, Go Gwen Go. It's an amazing story about their journey, how they were able to achieve the unbelievable and do it together as a family. No, we cannot predict that anyone is going to become an Olympic champion or possibly the greatest of all time in a sport. But what we can do is support those who we love and believe in, in their processes, and just be there for them, back them up, give them the support they need, and of course, have that support given back to us. And I thought this was such a beautiful story. I ended up highlighting so many parts, so many chapters that I just ended up having all these tabs that I would write notes about and turn into lesson plans for you know my coaching calls and education station and just even my own personal motivation as a person, as a business owner, as a husband, as a dad. There are so many parts that just really spoke to me and reminded me that it's all about family. It's all about the culture that we can create. And by having Gwen's mother and sister on this podcast, I tell you, there are so many little things that came up that added up into big results. And I just thought this was one of the best interviews, one of my favorite interviews of all time. And I'll tell you what, you will learn so much by listening to this today. I'm so happy that you are listening, and I encourage you to get the book, Go Gwen Go. It is on sale. It is You can get it anywhere that books are sold. You can get it for the holidays now. And yeah, I know I'm selling this book a little bit, but it's uh, you. you will love this book. It's actually narrated by both. Elizabeth and Nancy, but them being teachers, they so, they told such great sides of their stories in different perspectives. One in one, 
didn't make two in this book. One one made 11. And that's the name of this book. And I tell you what, that's what I'm naming the theme of this book. And I tell you what, I am so, so happy to offer this podcast to the world today. And I just want to say that if you do write a review about this podcast, I will look at those reviews. But Gwen was kind enough to give me a signed copy of the book. I am going to send that copy to my favorite review. So write a review about today and certainly get this book for somebody that you think it will speak to as well. The holidays are right around the corner. New Year's is coming right up. Let's give a gift like this, and it really speaks volumes about what we think about family and culture and progress together. We need that now more than ever. Okay, guys, enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Pandola Project. As always, I get to be your host, Matt Pandola. Today, I have Lizzie and Nancy Jorgensen. Now, I just decided to call her Lizzie. Her name is Elizabeth, but uh, I'm sticking with it. Is that okay, Lizzie? That's totally fine. Thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a pleasure. People already know this, but you wrote a book with your mother, Nancy, and it's called Go, Gwen, Go. And I say they know this because I brought it up on the podcast a couple times now. And of course, Gwen was on the podcast. And before this interview, I did an introduction just talking about the book, why I love it and why I think people should listen. So I know that people listening right now have an idea that this book is my favorite when it comes to mindset and how we can perform at our best, but more importantly, because this was all about a, uh, a village. Uh, it was about a culture that was cultivated along the way as Gwen was able to have that kind of support. She could realize her dreams. And I just think it's such a beautiful story how you as a family came together and really had her back not just for the Olympics, but obviously years and years and years of cultivating this type of success. So what I'd like to start off with today is just talking about, first we can start with Lizzie. And Liz, your perspectives are just so amazing in the book about how you supported your sister. But if you could tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up being Gwen's sister, and also just, you know, maybe some of the stories that people wouldn't know about you and Gwen, something that you think would help them understand what this process was really all about for you. Yeah, you know, I think growing up with Gwen, we were typical siblings. We had wonderful moments together. We enjoy hanging out with each other, um, going to basketball camps and track camps um, and swimming and grandma's pool. And then there was the other side of being siblings where we would drive each other crazy and get into arguments and just be sisters. Um, and, you know, Gwen has always been Gwen. Some of those things that we see now that make her personality hers have always been there. Um, she's always been focused and more on the reserved side. And I'm sort of 
a little bit of the opposite, you know, this yin and yang um, for every way that she's introverted, I'm more extroverted. Um, And so that's, it's been a nice balance, I think, as sisters that we, we bring different things to the relationship. Yeah, no, that's, that's wonderful. And sisters don't always get along. Am I right? Correct. And well, I should say I'm a brother and my sister and I have a beautiful relationship today, but I, I certainly had a lot of times in my life where I wish I didn't have a sister, right? Um, and I think that's okay. You, you end up learning to really appreciate your family as you go through hard times and as your, that sister now has your back and vice versa. And you realize, wow, I'm so lucky that this person loves me unconditionally. And it's very clear in the book that you always had her back. And we're going to talk a lot about that today and how that occurred. But I also want to introduce Nancy today. So this is Gwen's mom. Nancy, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's just, it's so amazing. And it's funny because I was telling you both just before the podcast started that I was more nervous the first time I talked to Gwen than I've probably ever been in my life talking to an athlete. And it's because I respected her so much as a sportsman and as a person first. And again, we'll get into that further, but I think I'm a little bit nervous talking to, to you two because you, you were you know, such a big part of that. It makes me respect you even more, even though this is the first time we're, we're talking. So uh, just so honored to have you both on today. And I was going to ask you, Nancy, just as Gwen was, was growing up and, and with the sisters, how, how was that for you as a mother with, with the girls growing up? You know, I think we had no idea we were raising an Olympian. And so there was never any thought that, well, we're giving more attention to Gwen than we are to Elizabeth. Um, You know, we went to Gwen's swim meets, but we also went to Elizabeth's basketball games. And they were both in orchestra and we went to concerts. And, um, you know, I guess Gwen was doing, you know, she was MVP of her swim team and Elizabeth was um, not. Not. (laughs) And, but, you know, we just didn't make that much of a distinction. We just had no idea where the, this was going or, you know, what was going to happen in the future. And, um, you know, and even though she was she was the MVP of her high school team, there were plenty of times when she was not doing what she wanted. She wasn't performing at the level she wanted. And um, it, it wasn't always, oh, wow, Gwen, you're the best. Because she wasn't. She wasn't winning state championships. And, and our mindset was just not at the at the place where we thought we were doing anything out of the ordinary right yeah no it's I was also thinking about when I had more of the spotlight in in high school and I had a minute right where I was kind of the man or at least that's what my high school thought right at at that level but my sister was a really good student and she is now a teacher so you Uh, She got her master's and she um, actually works with kids with some disabilities and she absolutely loves it. And I think she makes such a huge difference in so many important ways. But I think that it's still similar that I get a little bit more of the spotlight because 
uh, my brother trains Gwen, right? My brother trained this professional pitcher over here or this professional boxer. And she's so proud of me and she's always bragging about it still to this day. And I know there's no animosity there, but, you know, growing up, um, I think that she had to really be in the shadow a little bit more. And I think that that did create some some problems at times with us. And she did deserve a little bit more attention when we would go to, say, a function and everybody was saying, oh, man, I Matt, I, I saw what you just did in that last cross country meet. And, I, I, you know, you won this title or you ran this time. And and my sister would be just kind of in the background and nobody was asking her about her GPA, right? And that's just something that came to my mind with as, as a mother, just cultivating that and working with that with your girls and just making sure that Elizabeth, uh, or as I like to call my friend Lizzie now, um, <laughs> what, you know, what did you do there to, to make sure that she was growing equally um, and she wasn't in the shadow, right? Because if you're in the shadow, you don't get the sunlight and we don't grow the way we should, right? That's kind of the analogy I think of. So what did you do there, Nancy, as a mother? It's hard for Elizabeth to be in the shadow just with her, their personality. Um, she is, she's very social and, you know, at family gatherings, the cousins would make sure, oh, you know, Elizabeth's going to be there, isn't she? Because she'll, she'll organize the games for us. And um, she was, she was always at the center of the social aspect of the family. And so I just kind of, you know, I just kind of let the girls be who they were going to be. And Gwen was that retiring personality and um, even when she was achieving in sports, um, I remember when she was little, she did not want to go for the, she didn't want to receive the medal on the, on the podium. She said, it just wasn't that important to her, all this attention. And Elizabeth loves to be the center of attention. And, you know, I just, I, I, I never would have thought that Elizabeth would be short on attention because she just made it for herself. Is that okay for me to say, Elizabeth? That's that's exactly it. I never, Gwen pushed it almost, you know, away from herself and I was grabbing for it. And so I never felt like I wasn't getting enough attention. That's, that's <laughs> a great balance, actually. And it's it's almost like your different personalities were designed, right? It's yeah. It really works out that way. So I, I love hearing that. And I, I like to bring that up because I know that a lot of people do struggle with that. And even if they don't have a sibling, they're in the shadow. It might be somebody else's shadow and they need to understand that this is about their journey and their process. And it's not about who is seeing what you're doing. It's about how you feel about yourself as a person and what kind of legacy you want to live. If you're living that legacy, I think about one of my clients that he was um, a, a very big, big name. And his son chose to go in a completely different direction and serve others. And nobody would ever know his name. And I asked John, I said, is that ever an issue? And he said, I love him too much to ever want him to be as well known as I was, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that's, to me, that really put it into perspective that, you know, some of us, we actually thrive when we're we're serving others the way we are without expecting the recognition. That's what, that's what we actually thrive on more so than being in that spotlight. Although Gwen certainly is not the kind of person that wants the spotlight. It just kind of happened to be what happened. Right. 
Yeah. I she, she actually actively didn't enjoy the spotlight, especially in the beginning. It, it was hard for her. And, um, you know, that I think those are some of the lessons that she learned along the way, not just athletic lessons, but she learned how to get up in front of an audience and, and speak. And she learned how to say the right things in interviews and how to deal with fans on a personal level and all things that didn't come naturally to her. Um, but she learned how to do it. That's right. And I want to ask you both, because you both are, you're in the business, quote unquote, of teaching others, right? You're, you chose to be educators. And I, I love that. And it's so, it's so serving. And we need that for our communities. We need to have people that are willing to sacrifice and really give the best of themselves just purely for others. So what were your influences? And I can start with you, Nancy, and then we'll go to Elizabeth. But I, I'm very curious, what, who was your biggest influence or what and, and why? Um, I think I'm very family oriented. And I think even our family is very family centered. And it's, it's hard to get away from that. You know, although I didn't have any teachers in my family, um, my parents let me follow what I enjoyed doing, which was music. And um, at first, actually, I thought I would be a music therapist and then decided I needed more music in my life than therapy. <laughs> and um, so then I got my education degree and I was just allowed to follow what what I loved doing. Um, and I tried to do that for the kids too, you know, let them choose what, uh, what sport they wanted to do and what classes they wanted to take. So if I, if I'm recalling correctly, though, you, you did get an award for having the best high school musical um, in America. You know, I'm kind of, there's a part in the book where we talk about this. Um, we're all very competitive um, and Yes, I, I did. Um, our, our production of Cats in 2009 um, was named Best in the Country by USA Today. And I'm very proud of that, but also proud of, um, you know, just always trying to make those kids the best that they could be. I, I had a choir program of over 400 and saw all those 400 kids every day, um, did music theater and concerts. And um, I just always wanted them to be the best. That's that's so wonderful. And I, j I bring that up because I have to believe that your children saw what you were able to do because you were serving others the way you were. And sure, again, that spotlight was put on you, but it wasn't what you were looking for. And I have to believe that that has something to do with the way that they were cultivating their future legacies too, right? So I'd like to ask you, Elizabeth, what uh, what your perspective is on on that? Was that a big influence on you to get into teaching as well? Well, I think, you know, when you're little, you don't realize what you're picking up from your parents. Um, but looking back, you know, my parents, like mom was saying, they were always trying to be the best versions of themselves. And if they were going to do something, they were going to do it to their, their, the best of their ability. And if that meant practicing piano every day or trying a new recipe or getting Gwen to swim, like whatever they were doing, they were doing it with like their full person. And I think that's something that I have carried with myself, like, and that has made me into the person that I am. Like, if I try to do something, I'm going to full force do it. Um, and 
even this idea of doing things that we don't want to do, right? I don't want to put the dishes in the dishwasher, but I do it every day. You know, like I don't let the dishes sit in the sink. And those kinds of things I think have allowed us to have success, be it Gwen's athletic success or the book or um, in music. And that, you know, it's something that was modeled every day for us. I love it. And these are the type of examples that I was hoping to get to today in this podcast, just seeing that how grounded you both are. And of course, Gwen is. And I oftentimes see that somebody who has become, I call Gwen the goat, right? The greatest of all time in triathlon. Now, again, that's something, that's my feelings on it, but I think that'd be tough to argue that she isn't. And so you know, you, you look at the things, the daily practices that keep you grounded. I think that's so important. I happened to go to uh, Oregon and I was, I spent a weekend with, with uh, the family, with, with Gwen and of course, uh, Pat and Stanley. And those, all those little things you're talking about happen on a daily basis and they, they all have their roles and their jobs, but these grounded goals as what I refer to them as is, you know, I take out the cat poop and I, and I, you know, I make sure I make the bed every morning and I do these things. I believe that that those rituals are so important to keep you grounded in a way. And I know it sounds so like trivial, but I don't think it is at all. So I love that you brought that up. Uh, We are so simpatico. I I feel, I feel like we have already been friends for a long time and uh, I'm already feeling very comfortable talking with you too. So I appreciate how grounded you both are. Um, And I was going to just bring this now into a little bit more on the journey going through the high school years. Was, was high school tough, Lizzie, was it tough getting through high school? And I don't mean being Gwen's sister, but I just mean in general as a teenager, was that a tough time for you at all? I I think of course, right? Um, Hormonally alone, I think, you know, and I'm a very emotional person. And then you throw in like teenage years that, oh, I I struggled a lot just to regulate my emotions. Um, But I enjoyed it. I had so much fun. Um, Just, you know, your job was school and I enjoyed school. I liked my classes. I liked the people I was around. Um, I had great friends. And I really liked my senior year. Gwen was a freshman. And that was a big deal to me to have my sister in the same school, to have the opportunity to be on the same track team. Um, It was it was a good time. So I love it. And that's the the reason why I asked that is because I reading the book, I realized you were somebody who was who always took action. And I use that act, right? So action changes things. And as I was reading the book, I realized how you were a busy bee. You always yes. kept yourself busy. So I think that um, that's also something that I talk a lot of times to the kids that I coach and work with, and we're keeping them busy. That's so important. And I picked that up about you in the book. You're, you are always that busy bee, keeping yourself motivated and so Nancy, just from a mom's perspective, though, what's it like having a couple kids just, you know, constantly 
with all these little micro goals and constantly achieving things, but really, it was it always uh, that way, or did you ever have to tell them, hey, you need to calm down, you need to take a break, you need to actually rest today and like watch a movie or, you know, just do a normal thing that doesn't require energy. I mean, what was that like as a mother for you, Nancy? Um, I I think with Gwen. I remember telling her that she needed to do something besides swimming. She was so focused on that one thing. And, and I always thought, you know, why don't you do something else? Why don't you go to a movie? Why don't you um, go to a dance? And I think she did go to homecoming one year, um, but she was just so obsessed with swimming. And she'll tell you now that, that she recognizes it now that it was too much of an obsession. And so we did try to tell her um, to get out of the obsession Um and yet we saw that it was a good thing. You know, like you say, it, it kept her busy. It kept her with good friends. Um, she stayed fit. Um, and I, I guess I just thought it was a good thing to be busy. And I like to be busy too. I, you know, there was never really a downtime that I can think of in those high school years. Um, but I, I guess it never, I didn't see it as a negative. Right. Well, and uh, so I feel like now the audience has gotten to know you a little bit and I want to talk about, this has all been in the book too, the points we're talking about, but now especially talking about why we wrote the book, I think is important for people to know. And I just like to start off, Nancy, asking you, what was your motivation for for writing this book? When we first started the book, I think there were so many things that I learned about this Olympic journey that I just had no idea, you know, how much food that Gwen needed to eat <laughs> and how much she needed to sleep and um, how far she needed to travel. And it was just all just so interesting to me. Um, you know, and, and up to this point, I think in my head, Olympians were like another species or something. We, we just never thought we were raising an Olympian. And then she started on this journey. And um, I guess I thought part of it was that if, if I found it fascinating, readers would find it fascinating too, just how you get to the point where you are an Olympian. Right. Uh, and it, there, I mean, there's a lot of other things that go into it, but I think that was one of the main focuses. Well, I just, getting a little bit off topic, but you mentioned how much Gwen eats and, and you had to supply the nutrition for that. And man, that, that, that must have affected the budget even um, because- <laughs> That weekend, I stayed with with uh, with Gwen and the family. I my idea of a fun time. Uh, I'm kind of I don't know. I've got uh, altered thinking, maybe, but I go run in the mountains for four or five hours and just get lost with my with my best friend Lily. That's my dog, and uh, Gwen eats more than I do. So. <laughs> And I mean, I'm a 180 pound guy. I mean, that's, you know, I, I was amazed at how much she puts away in a day. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that must have been a little bit of a budget thing where you uh, figuring out what you could buy at Walmart and what you could buy at uh, Costco or how'd you make that work? I look back on that and I feel guilty because I think maybe I didn't supply enough food for her because I watch what she needs now. And then I think, well, she was spending seven hours in a school desk. So, you know, maybe I give myself a break on it, but um, I do look back and wonder if I gave her all the nutrition. I, I had no, I just didn't know anything about what I really should be giving her. Um, 
one time we always ate a lot though I mean our friends would come over and they would comment like your mom always puts out so much food on one table I've never seen so much food for one family like we were eating I think more than my friends were at home (laughs) (laughs) what were you gonna say mom well, yeah, I mean, when you're in the moment, it's it's just you give them as much food as they need and you don't you don't compare like what's the kid next door eating? I had no idea, but we just gave them whatever they needed and if they were hungry, well, then you bring out another snack. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And uh I I'll just say as a coach over the years too, some some parents can get overly involved with with aspects and we found that parents who have kind of no idea what they're doing but they're just giving the support they can that's that's always the best result and i think even when it comes to nutrition i've i've worked with kids that are already on you know 10 different supplements and eating just specific foods and they're essentially on a diet and i don't agree i think uh you just give them uh, good food. I mean, you know, not Cheetos and all this stuff all day, although that's fine too, if they got in enough of their uh, calories and nutrients that their body needed for the fuel. And hey, you want some Cheetos too? To me, that's fine as well. But it's just, it's coming down to the basics and trusting your motherly instincts that, uh, well, the girls did a track today and swimming, and I'm going to put enough food on the table. And I think you get enough calories, the body figures it out. But, um, you know, it's a little different now, too, when Gwen is a professional athlete running 80 miles in a week, and a lot of those miles are tougher. And that's different. Now you, now you have to have a little bit more accuracy, maybe, in some of the the power foods that you're taking in, that sort of thing. But I, I think we overcomplicate things when we're, uh, especially growing uh, kid is going to get in the nutrients they need just by eating what as much as they want to eat, right? So I think I think you're right on that, mom. Um, and I'm sorry, um, Elizabeth, did you did you want to say something about that? Just you know, we we were always eating like you said a balanced diet. There was fruits and vegetables and a little bit of meat. We were not huge consumers of meat, um, but we always had some protein and lots of carbs and desserts. Like we were never watching. I felt like while we were eating, it was mom made this delicious cake, and oh now there's these cookies and bread and it food in our family was one of the things that connected us. Um, we all enjoy eating, but we also enjoy the process of making food, um, being in the, the kitchen together. Yeah, no, I love it. And that's something that I know even today has a lot to do with Gwen's culture at her home, because when I walked in there, the, one of the first things I commented on is everything was centered around the kitchen. And uh, that's and and I think that's such a warm culture to have. I mean, there's something about food and preparing food together and and just it gets conversations going and you put the iPad away or whatever. And you talk as a family while you're preparing the meal. And that's that's so important. And I think that uh, especially these days, I think we can miss that. Right. Yeah. And we're the family that talks about the next meal while we're eating one. We're at breakfast and we're talking about lunch and dinner and even tomorrow. What are we going to eat? And it's just like you're saying, it's part of our culture. I love it. I love it. So, um, you know, going into the message of your book, though, and the the impact and the type of legacy that you want to leave with people and you want to share with people. uh, Lizzie, we can start with you on this one. And what what is that legacy that, you know, what why do you think this book can help people 
and help others and you know people that you'll never meet but you know that you can help them in, in some pretty impactful ways so what, what's your thinking on writing this book for that legacy I hope people obviously enjoy it but I hope it's like a positive journey that uplifts them to believe that whatever their dream is, that they can make that happen for themselves. You know, of course, if they work hard, if they surround themselves with talented, positive people, um, and all of those themes are in the book. But I, I also hope that like people who aren't athletic or people who are like that, they all can take away something different. Um, and also that there's these differing perspective, differing perspectives from mom, from sister, and then even, you know, Gwen herself in there through blogs and race reports and emails and text chains. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I do, I just hope they enjoy it and that they feel inspired and uplifted in some way. Well, I certainly did. So yeah, it, it definitely worked to me. And one thing I want to mention is when I first saw that the book was written by two people, I, I wasn't sure how that was going to go for me as a reader. And of course, I was going to read the book because it's about Gwen. But uh, I, I, I will tell you, I honestly feel like this book had a double impact on me because it was from the two different perspectives. So I just, I just want people to know that this book, I think, has that much more power because you both gave your different perspectives on the same story. And I love that. Um, but Nancy, what I was going to ask you now about the legacy uh, that you were trying to leave with this book as well. I look at Gwen and, you know, she started out as a swimmer. And then somebody else recognized that she really had more running talent than swimming talent. And then somebody recognized that she had this other talent that could be put together into a triathlon. And I think the, the legacy that I'd like people to take away is that we all have so many talents and sometimes we're so focused on what we think our talents are that we don't even look at some of the broader choices that we have. And, you know, to, to, to give yourself a chance to try out something new and explore, and you might find a talent that is really going to take you far. Sort of like Gwen found this triathlon talent that she never dreamed she had. Yeah, no, I, I love that because I just had Joe Whelan on the podcast last week, and he's a professional pitcher, but he started off thinking he was going to be a shortstop. And I know it's the same sport, but similarly, like you knew Gwen had ability in swimming, but she wasn't a standout necessarily. And of course, in track, she didn't put in uh, as much running as others, but you could see the ability there. And then to see that this th these things actually had a purpose. You might not always see where it's leading to, towards. And when Gwen started the journey, really triathlon wasn't a, really a thing yet. I mean, it was maybe the Ironman. Like, man, it's so weird that people will do uh, this this crazy race for this long distance. And but then the uh, the athletes that started to come out in the Olympic distances, it started to get more and more perspective on these are really really good talented athletes that I can't believe they can come off the bike and do this um, and still run these kind of paces and so you see this story of Gwen's all really leading up to this this amazing amazing conclusion with uh, Rio winning the the Olympic gold but I like to say that there's no such thing as luck and 
and luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. We see this opportunity that Gwen had with all this preparation. And I almost get a little bit lit up when people just think that she just showed up one day and got off the bike and, and, and ran her way to gold because, you know, she's known as the runner in triathlon. Uh, I, especially now working with Gwen, but again, reading the book, it was so obvious how much Gwen chose to work on her challenge, which was the bike, really. And that challenge to me is so important that we address that because the, the bikes even scared her at times. And, and you both told that story so well about how she had to overcome that. And of course, uh, enter Pat. And Pat was a big reason why she was able to, uh, to overcome that. Again, an important part of her story. But, but when it comes to weaknesses, I, I will say, let's not think of a, a weakness that we have. Let's think of it as a challenge. And let's try to get more optimal in that challenge. But if we think that we're going to make our weaknesses our strongest area, or uh, it can become a strength, but probably will not be, in this case, as, as strong as our running. That's where it's, I think, misleading at times, because you can think, okay, I'm going to hammer away at this bike for the next four years, and then that's where I'll actually be my strongest. That's that. No, the running was still the strongest thing, but she gave herself the opportunity to be in a better position into the run. And uh, she actually said, and I believe, Elizabeth, you were the one who talked about this in the book, that that was her favorite ride of all time um, in the Rio Olympics on the bike, even though that course should have scared the crap out of her. Right. Um, do I have that right, Elizabeth? Did yeah. You- yeah. And she, you know, she prepared just unbelievably for that race you know the the visual reality headsets the work that she did on a motorcycle on a like in a in a car around a racetrack um she just did so much like you're saying not to make it her her strongest but to make her a contender to make her feel confident and there are some photos you can find of her actually smiling during the bike section of the real race and that's I mean that's unheard of, especially like you're saying with how much fear she really had to overcome. And that, I mean, that race, that, that course, right. With the huge downhill and the turns and it was, it was quite a a feat. And then to see her smile through it, you know, to have some of that hard work um, pay off. Yeah. It it obviously that's what everybody remembers, right? The, the gold medal, everybody remembers that. But again, reading this book, I think if, people can understand that it's really about the process and that, and that that is where the success comes from and focusing on the process and becoming incrementally better every day in some way. And sometimes that's not areas that you're going to just see it right away and embracing that and, and saying, okay, I'm making a better decision today about what this process needs to be for me. And I'm recognizing what I can do better, but also what it is that I'm doing well. And that has become such a, uh, a famous thing from Gwen, which is that three, three that she uses, three things she's doing better, three things that she can do um, that, that she is doing well, that actually I took a, a course called PECI where I, I was a mentorship. 
And uh, it was from Dr. Joanne Del Cotter, giving her a little bit of a shout out. She was actually second at the uh, Ironman herself one year, um, but she teaches that in the course. And that comes from Gwen and Gwen's coach, I believe, taught her that. Um, is that right? Was it Gwen's coach that taught her that? I think it is. Jamie Turner had a huge focus on the process, not the outcome, right? So process goals with swim technique, or run technique or whatever it is. And that, you know, obviously, like you were saying, those incremental improvements over time will lead to a better outcome, but not focusing on, on that outcome on a daily basis. Right. So, you know, and again, I appreciate this so much in the book because I know when I tell athletes, I have gotten to the point now where I'm saying like, look, if I'm going to have you read a book, it's, it's going to be go Gwen go because in this book, it constantly goes back to the process. And when, when I deal with athletes struggling, it seems to me most of the time it's because they haven't focused on their process in the right way. And I call it worry early, but if you're doing this stuff daily, then when it gets to the big day, sure, there are things that are still going to make you nervous because you care and you want to be successful, but you're, you know you've done everything you can do in the best way you could do it. And you're the best. I, I love what you said there. You're the best version of you. And that's all that matters at that point. There's no looking back and there's no regrets. And you just give it the best you can on that given day. If that means you're first or your last, you should have your head held high because you embrace the process. But more often than not, I think we get the better result there. Well, and there's uh, so many unknowns. And that's another thing Jamie Turner really focused on with Gwen is control the controllables. Like, don't worry about those things that you can't control, like a mechanical failure or somebody pushing you under in the swim. Like, just control what you can control. And these mind sort of shifts, just like different ways of seeing things, of approaching life. I'm even thinking of um, investments versus sacrifice, right? At the beginning, I think of Gwen's triathlon journey. It was, here's all these things I'm giving up, right? I'm losing time with my family. I have to move across the world, um, the financial in, you know, that, that, that stuff. And then Jamie just challenging her to no, you're making investments in yourself. You're making investments in the process um, instead of sacrifices. Yeah, it's so well said. Another quote that I'm just constantly using now, I don't think of it as a sacrifice. Think of it as investment. Uh, Jamie Turner, I have not met him, but it sounds like an amazing, amazing coach. Um, and Nancy, I'd like to ask you, though, as a mother, did you ever get that phone call from Gwen just freaking out and knowing that as the mother, you have to give the right advice at the right time. I mean, that's got to be a lot of pressure. And I don't know, I'm imagining this in my in my head. But uh, how do you deal with a situation like that? And uh, even though you know nothing about triathlon, I know it comes from a pay, place of love, right? I, ca I call love, listen, understand and verify LUV, right? But how how do you deal with that as a mother? being so emotionally involved with, with Gwen, but yet wanting to give her the right advice? I think Gwen always, um, she would, she would talk with us about things, but I always felt like she kind of knew where she wanted to go. Um, and maybe was looking for 
permission or just um, for us to, to give the okay and the encouragement. Um, you know, when she was at Ernst & Young working as on, you know, she was doing corporate taxes <laughs> and USA Triathlon calls her and says, well, you know, why don't you just do triathlon instead of taxes? And um, she asked us what we thought. And, um, you know, I mean, I think we said what any reasonable parent would say is that you can't be an athlete forever. And, you know, you're in your 20s and you should go for it. Um, she's not one to call up with a lot of emotion and ask me what I think she should do. She's very um, within herself and thoughtful. And before she places those calls, she probably knows already what she wants to do. So, you know, I think as a mother, it was my role was just to be supportive. And, um, you know, when she did, when, when, when I told her, yes, go for it. I also said, well, you know, we can help. We'll give you some money. And she promptly said, oh, no, you won't. <laughs> um, I'm not going to do this unless I do it independently and find some sponsorship. So, um, you know, I, I just don't think I ever had that emotional phone call from her. Maybe about food. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't she call you sometimes like in a panic about a recipe or like her stomach <laughs> issue? Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Medical issue. Um, yeah. I, so, you know, this is, I'm going to tell a quick little story, but then I want to get your perspective on this because culture is so important in cultivating that culture. And, and it's obvious that this was a team effort from the family and constantly making the right decisions. But again, it came down to me that you were all living in the moment and doing the best you could in those moments with what you had and what you could do, even when it came to, hey, we have to budget for this year because we want to travel to see Gwen and, and we have to take time off. We have to request time off. We have to plan this stuff out. It just doesn't just happen. And that was, again, such a good lesson to me because it's not like you guys could just take off whenever you felt like it. Um, you, you were all representing, I think, most of us, right? We're, we're in that situation where, sure, you, you have good careers and you have a, uh, you know, you're making good, honest living, but it's not like you can just, you know, say, okay, I'm going to just quit my job and I've got a million dollars to spend and, and uh, run around the world and watch our daughter right now. And it, was, it all took good planning. Um, but for that team perspective, I think about with myself, I was on a um, hotshot team, and this was after I, my running career was done, and I wanted a new challenge, and so um, this hotshots are specialized wildland firefighters, and they go out, and you have to be physically fit. Uh, that's the main requirement, really, and you have to have some experience in wildland fire, et cetera. So I got into the Flagstaff hotshots, and my first season, my whole goal was to outperform everybody. That's all I cared about. I just wanted to outdo everybody. And quite honestly, I, I not so humbly will say that that's what I did. Um, and I got, uh, I got at the time the hotshot records for fitness. And I worked and worked and worked until I was the head sawyer, which is the guy who runs the chainsaws on the crew. And that was like the most coveted position. And I did that. And you know what? The team hated me. Nobody liked me. And I'm, I can look back at that now and, and, and recognize that people, uh, because my attitude was all wrong. I was competing against them, but we were supposed to be a crew. And uh, I didn't learn that the way Gwen learned that growing up is my point to that. Now, eventually I did learn that and I learned to be a team player, but I would like to hear from first you, Nancy, on how you think 
Gwen became such a good uh, sportsman, but then also, Lizzie, I would like to just hear from you on your perspective of being a good team player, because obviously you've been so supportive, but also, you know, you're, you're challenging yourself with all these different things like winning radio ads for, you know, various prizes, and then also just sharing with your uh, community, with your students, how they can thrive and not just survive in their processes. So uh, can I start with you, Nancy, on this, on what it takes uh, to be a good sportsman and how you think Gwen was able to accomplish that? Hi, looking back, I think part of it was that she, she never grew up feeling that she was entitled to anything. And in fact, in many cases, Elizabeth and Gwen both told me that, you know, mom, everyone has an answering machine. This was in the days when people had answering machines on their phone and we didn't, because I don't know, it was just an expense that we just put the money into swim lessons or something. And then mom, everyone has cable. We don't have cable TV. I don't know any of the MTV stars that everyone else knows. They were, um, they were, you know, badgered me to get all the things that every other kid had. And we just said, well, no, because the money's just going in different places and that's not our priority. And so I, I think she always learned that, um, you know, resources were to be shared and she didn't always get everything she wanted. And, you know, I, I wasn't trying to raise a generous Olympian. I was just trying to raise good kids and, and manage the budget. And I, but looking back, I think maybe that was part of it was that we were just a regular middle class family trying to make ends meet and do do well at our jobs and and have our kids do well in school. Wow, well said. I love your didactics, by the way. It's so obvious you've been a teacher all your life. Uh, I'm working <laughs> on that myself. That would have taken me twice as long to say what you said twice <laughs> twice better than I would have. So great job. <laughs> what about you, Lizzie? You know, I think. I've never really struggled with confidence, and I think that is an advantage, and that I'm confident in who I am, and I want to lift other people up. Like, if Gwen does better, I think that's a reflection on me. Like, I'm her sister, and, you know, and so I was always looking for ways to cheerlead and support, and I think Gwen was doing the same thing for me, and mom was doing it for us, and dad was doing it for us, and so it wasn't, I mean, yes, we're competitive, right, and that, of course, fuels this interesting family dynamic as well, but at the end of the day, we knew if I was better, Gwen was better, and if Gwen was better, I was better, and so, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think that's been my mindset. You know what I, I it does. And but what I was I'm thinking of while you're talking is that Gwen embraced pain as part of her process and even likes it. And I get it because I'm the same way, but you're not. And you are fully at being a senior in high school and being on the track team and then realizing that your little sister is like gonna be like so much faster than than, than you and more competitive that way, but then not taking offense to that or cha being challenged by that in a threatening way, but saying, hey, the, this is what she loves, but I love these things and I'm going to do me and be better in the areas that I can thrive in because I love it. And yet still I can love track and make sure it's done in my own process. So again, I think that's so important that you understood that. Um, was there ever a time where you didn't understand that or did you just always understand that? I think I knew too much of how much went into Gwen's success. I knew how dedicated she was to sleep 
to recovery, to journaling, to getting up every morning um, and being in the pool or double workouts. And I don't want that for myself. Um, and so I, ne- I, I didn't. And I hope, mom, that you agree with my assessment that it was I was never jealous. In fact, I wanted her to do better because it was a, a there was a greater reason for me to be crazy. Like I could decorate the car. We could have more matching shirts. I could scream louder. I could make more crazy videos. Um, The better she did, I I just loved it. I wanted her to do more and more and more. um, And I didn't want it for myself. I love it. I love it. Uh, So we'll just finish off, I think, today with people yet wanting to find this book. Uh, First of all, we uh, we can tell them in the show links where to find the book, but some people don't look at the links, so we'll we'll um, make sure people know where they can get your book. But then also, just in your final thoughts today for the podcast, listening um, to this, and n- let's say this is somebody who is um, you know struggling in their process. Doesn't matter the sport. What do you hope they're learning? by reading this, this book and, and um, what do you think would be the key takeaway from, from today? And we can start with you, Nancy, and then finish with my friend Lizzie here. (laughs) I think one of Gwen's lessons was that she wasn't afraid to shift focus and she wasn't afraid to fail and then find something where she would have more success. And I think that's, that's true for a lot of us. You know, we try something and we're not as great at it as we thought. And if we're, if we're, if we're brave enough to try something new, um, I think, I think that's what I, you know, I'm retired now from teaching. And I like to think that I, I'm somewhat of an example of that is not, I'm going to try, not that I was a failure at teaching. I loved it and enjoyed it. And, um, but I'm trying something new and who knows if, you know, how much success there will be there. Um, and I, I hope people will see that in themselves. I hope they also try to surround themselves with people who make them better. Um, surround yourself with people who lift you up, who challenge you every day to get that 1% more out of yourself. You know, for Gwen, it started with Jamie Turner moving out to that daily performance environment. If we look at her now with the Bowerman Track Club, um, it's just that that circle of people that every day challenges you to to be you the best that you can. Oh, yeah. That's, man, if I say anything on top of that, I'm going to ruin it. So I love it. Um, well, we can, you can get the book, uh, Go yes. Gwen Go, A Family's Journey to Olympic Gold, um, wherever books are sold. And um, mom and I would like to encourage people to support their local bookstores. Um, there's so many right now that could really use that support. That's and wonderful. there's a local bookstore in our area called Books and Company in Oconomowoc, um, where she has been stocking signed copies. Oh, wonderful. Yes, in an autograph. And they ship nationwide. Oh, I love it. Okay, so very easy to get the book. Guys, um, you already know that I suggest you get the book. I can't recommend the book with any more strength than I already have. But get the book. It's it's so good. I've highlighted almost the whole thing. It's so worth it. Um, And you're working on a new book. I hear a rumor about that. Um, And this is using, again, your teaching experience, I think, in helping younger kids at a younger age maybe learn some of this process when they're sponges, and it can really, I think, solidify much sooner. Is that right? 
Yeah, we're working on a middle grade book um, about Gwen's journey. And we've realized that there's a hole in the literature that's available for middle school kids, um, specifically about female athletes. And so we're hoping that this book about Gwen will turn into a series um, featuring different um, modern female athletes. I love it. So Nancy and Elizabeth Jorgensen, and I say Jorgensen, not like the announcer says, like Jorgensen, right? Yeah. It was we so... say Jorgensen too. <laughs> okay, very good. I just want to double check on that, but uh, it was it was so wonderful just talking to you both today, and thank you so much for sharing this story. I am uh, just grateful, and this has been just such an honor today. So thank you so much, and I hope that everybody listening today will get that book. It's, it's just, you won't put it down. I, I read the book in no time, and I'm a fairly busy guy, and I, I was telling Gwen one morning, she was texting me about something. I said, you know, I've been reading this book since four this morning when I, I get up. I got up, usually I, I try to get up before five, but I got up at four, so I had an extra hour to read the book because that's how, good, that's how much I loved it, and I just wanted to experience it. So thank you so much both of you. It's been an amazing uh, journey so far and can't wait to see what Gwen and the Jorgensons do next. Thank you. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. And I do hope that you learned something from it. Just to remind you, Please share our podcast, especially if you feel like it's really speaking to you and it's helping you, then why not share it with other people so they can get that same help too. So anybody that you really feel like would benefit from this, just take a minute and share that with them. I know personally that I listen to other podcasts that I really love and enjoy listening to, and I have good intentions of writing a review or sharing it. And it just doesn't happen. So I get it. But after a year and a half now of doing podcasts and really enjoying the process, I have learned that I really need to ask for this. And this is something that is starting to work. So I'm asking that you guys do take a minute and share that you write a review. Anybody that it can help because it's helping you, you know that it can help them to please share it with them. We want to help as many people as we can. And we are our own sponsors. This podcast is, um, it's a passion. It's something, it's a, lo- a love, but it is still a labor as any work still is. And it is something that we do need to get out there so that we can keep doing this and keep serving others. Uh, Last little bit here, I want to make sure that everyone knows I do have programs that are coming out for 2021. We're really excited about them. They will be very affordable and something that anybody can sign up for and benefit from. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I know that you guys will love it too. So we'll look forward to getting fit and being healthy in 2021 together. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time.